for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Good day, everyone, and welcome to today's Living Life and Happy New Year. Happy 2022. I pray that this year you will discover more of God's grace, even in the midst of difficulty, suffering, and frustrations uh, in all our different circumstances and situations. I really pray uh, that that is more than possible for us. Amen. Now, uh, as we start, welcome to uh, Luke and the first chapter of Luke and the longest chapter in the New Testament. Just kind of flip through your Bible a little bit or even flip through the next couple of um, living life and you'll notice that it stays on chapter one for quite a few days. It is the longest chapter in the New Testament. And so I love trivia like this and I also love it when I learn things while like being entertained. For example, watching movies or TV shows and you know like just you pick up little things um, and you learn something new, right? You know, learning something new every day. That's that's fun, and it also goes true. It's true for the other way, where while you're having, uh, while you're learning something, and you have fun while learning it, right? Like whether it be uh, in the classroom or even at the church, if a message or an, you know, like a class can be entertain, well, not entertaining, but engaging, um, and it really grabs your attention, uh, that's so much better. I mean, one example is I was watching a movie, and I don't even remember the name of the movie, but it was some kind of like a serial killer like investigation kind of movie. And you learn a lot during of those things, by the way. Um, but um, a police officer like found a clue or a evidence or something, and she quickly pulled out a dollar bill. Now, this is an American dollar bill, put it down next to the evidence, and then took a picture of it. And I didn't know what was happening until later when like a senior investigator said, oh, you did a good job because you thought quickly and on the moment. and now we know how long, like what the measurement is, because the, every bill, every paper note in American currency, they're the exact same um, length. And it's like, I think it was like 12 inches um, or something like that. And so you can actually use a dollar bill or a $100 bill to measure things, you know, if you're in a pinch and you don't have a ruler, right? Now, today, you learn something new as well. And um, so you could miss it, but Luke's account of the gospel and of the birth and the life of Jesus is actually very forensic in this way, which points to the validity and the truthfulness of the account of the gospel. So let's read the first passage, and then we'll continue. Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. 
both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. And because he was a doctor, he used very subtle but scientific and technical devices in communication and in the retelling of the gospel accounts in his uh, Luke. And uh, it bears more fruit as time passes, as we have more and more critics. We have an you know, endless stream of critics and cynics continuing to attack the validity and the truthfulness of the scripture. And we're going to look at some of those things today. Now, if we look at the first paragraph of today's passage, um, we can see that there are a lot of terminology and phrases that grounds the account on facts. For example, and there is like forensic language. It's like these are technical uh, words and phrases. Phrases like eyewitness reports, carefully investigated, accurate account, be certain, truth of everything. This is just from the half of the passage, the first um, half or paragraph of today's passage. So notice that there is attention to care. He emphasizes that this isn't just something that I heard, or I mean, it is something that he heard, but like he talked to numerous eyewitnesses. And he says that he took care to write these things. He says, I especially, uh, and I especially ap appreciate that he investigated. Right? So he hears something, oh, Jesus did something. He doesn't just take that, okay, and then writes down Jesus did something. He goes, he, he looks for the people that saw, them, saw it in person, and then probably multiple people. And this is how you're supposed to investigate something. This is how you're supposed to really research something as well. And I believe that he went back and he checked all the sources, right? And so there is trustworthiness here in all that Luke wrote down. What's more, look at the careful way that he crafted verse 5. It's a very simple verse, but it was crafted. Before going into the descriptive narrative of the events, verse 5, there are a couple of things that you, you need to be aware of. He says, when Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jew, Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron couple of things, lots of things. Firstly, there's basically a timestamp. Herod was king of Judea when Herod was king. That you can use so many other sources to collaborate and time the writing of this event or the timing of this event to be being a within a certain time. Not just the life of Herod, but when he was king of Judea. And then you have uh, the name of Zechariah, who is of the priestly order of Abijah and his wife, Elizabeth, who is of the priestly line of Aaron. Now, Jewish people were very big on genealogies and their family lines, kind of like Koreans, right? And you can find records. Now, a lot of it now has been lost, but back then they were probably all kept in, the, in their homes or the um, temples and so forth. So everything can be tracked, can be proven and double-checked and even time-stamped. 
all the names, um, by the way, the way that they are presented and, and uh, constructed are meant to be datable and verifiable through records, family relations, priestly order, even the reference to King, um, King Herod. Now, for me, being a thinker and an, an analyzer, this is huge. This is such a huge deal. And I didn't notice, notice this when I was younger. But now that I'm older, I can appreciate this so much more. Because, you know, of people like Luke in the first century and then later centuries thereafter, Jesus' birth is more believable as a historical event than anything else in the ancient world, in the history of the ancient world. Did you know that? Right? It's a big statement. Yeah, but it's absolutely true. Now, not just this event, but everything in the Gospels and the New Testament, what Jesus did, what he said. In fact, there is more support for the evidence of Jesus in history than Julius Caesar or Napoleon, just to name two. Right? Now, and this is because of the careful documentation that has been pre uh, preserved like no other ancient text in the history of the world and the history of humanity. Now, I apologize if um, this is a little too geeky and like analytical, you know, for a devotional, but bear with me. This is, this is a huge, for me, blessing, and I know for at least a bunch of you. For example, if we look at some historical texts that are accepted by scholars and the entire world as true, we have, for example, the history of Rome, ancient Rome, and it was written by Tacitus, right, in 116 AD in a collection of volumes called the Annals of Imperial Rome. Now, it was written in 116 because it says there, but the earliest existing copy that we have, we don't have the originals, but the earliest existing copy, the oldest existing copy, of which there, are only, there is only one, is from 850 AD. 850, over 700 years after it was written. Compare this to the New Testament. The earliest exist, existing copy of part of the New Testament um, is from 100 to 150 AD. This is a copy. Now, all the New Testament was pretty much written before 180 approximately 50 to 180, say. So the earliest existing copy that we have is only 50 years after the original was written. Think about that. We have the Jewish War, written by a Jewish historian, Josephus, that a lot of commenta uh, commentaries refer to and is accepted in Israel. It was written around 100 AD. The earliest existing copy that we have is from the 10th, 11th, and 12th century. Right? So this is like 900 years, almost 1,000 um, years later. And um, we also have the Iliad written by Homer. Now, this was supposed to have been written in 800 BC. The earliest existing copy that we have is from the 2nd and 3rd century. 2nd and 3rd century. Compare that to the New Testament. We have... Over 5,000, we have 5,664 copies of parts of the New Testament, right? Over almost 6,000. And then in other languages translated into other Slavic and Coptic languages, there are 24,000 copies in existence. And again, I remind you, the earliest copy that we have is within 50 years, less than 100 years from the time that it was written. This is heavy scientific proof. This, according to all the rules of you know, any you know, literature and historical literature, 
This is mind-blowingly good and trustworthy. It's another thing whether you believe it or not, but in terms of the factual truthfulness of what was recorded, that cannot be denied. So the fact that we have still have so many, you know, of this documentation is proof that we, what we have is very trustworthy. The Bible has been scrutinized like more than anything, but it has withstood the test of time because of the faith of many believers, scribes and churches that have copied the Bible year after year. The birth and life of Jesus is absolutely believable. It is rooted in history and documented like nothing else, like no one else in the history of the world. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And after today's devotional and some of the things that I've shared, I hope this is how you feel. The gospel is real because the Bible is trustworthy. More than you may have given it credit for until now, whether you are a believer or not. And so uh, let us start, if you are a believer, let us start this new year with confidence in your spirituality that is based on the Word of God. And every time that you pick up the Bible, this is not, you know, just some religious text, you know, that other people put down as opinion or, you know, spiritual mumbo-jumbo, as they like to say. But this is the most trustworthy historical text in the history of humanity, and it has been tested, and it is, has stood firm and strong. If you are not a believer, look at the Bible and read it one more time with fresh perspective. Jesus is more believable than Julius Caesar. Julia, um, Jesus is more believable than Napoleon um, or even Alexander the Great because of the documented proof that you can hold in your very hand today. Yeah, let's pray. God, we thank you for your word that has been long preserved, Lord, over um, hundreds of years, thousands of years now for us to easily hold in multiple languages, multiple versions and translations, Lord. Uh, and God, may we not take it for granted, but as we start this new year, may we have uh, a more secure confidence in your word, in all the things that we read and all the things uh, that we read about in, um, in your word, Lord. Help us to begin this year confidently, not ashamed, but very bold and courageous as we receive your word, as we preach your word and share your word with those around us as well. And may the, word, the truthfulness and the factualness of your word open many more eyes and hearts to your gospel. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For a single soul, Father, and stepping in closer, CGM.